The subject for today is one you need to look at, consider, and really pray about it. The question is, should I study false religions? Should I uh, try to figure out how these people worship their God and all of that type of stuff? And we get some guidance from Joshua and David. Joshua said, don't mention the names of their God or swear, and this is Joshua 23, 27, don't mention the names of their gods or swear an oath to them. Don't even serve their gods or bow down to them. And then in verse 16, he says, Don't follow other gods. Serve them, bow down to them. God will be angry with you. And David in Psalm 16, 4, the last part of that verse, David says, Other gods, I will not use my lips to speak their names. So obviously, David didn't study the religions of the nations around him. And I'd like to share an illustration from my life. I'm sorry, some of my illustrations are negative uh, and consequences, but I want to save you from uh, experiencing some of the same consequences that I experienced. When I was pastoring in Tacoma, Washington, I had a, there was another pastor there, which was just like a brother. We were so close. And we decided to have an adult class of my church and his church on comparative religions or false religions, that type of stuff. And as I began to study, prepare for the class, and taught it, in a few weeks, I began to notice something was happening to my spiritual sen sensitivity, and it seemed to have left me. It was I was starting to have negative stuff, having a hard time getting any insights from God's Word and all of that. So I called my pastor friend to see how he was doing, because we were using the same material in both churches. And um, I said, how's it going? Uh, how's your class going? He said, well, the class is going good, but something strange has happened. The more I look into this and study them and share with my people, like comparative religions, or whatever you want to call it. The same thing. He said, I'm losing my spiritual sensitivity to God. And um, I, I, I'm really thinking that maybe it's wrong uh, to teach and study air. So a, a, a friend and I um, decided that we're going to cancel the class. And I told him, we're going to cancel the class and look at something else because it seems that there's so many warnings in the Old Testament to the children of Israel. You know, don't study how these people worship their God and whatever um, because you can move in that direction or it can have a negative effect on your walk with God. Um, a friend of mine, a, a marvelous Christian leader, uh, well-respected, asked Francis Schaeffer, how did he handle all the study 
of the uh, false philosophies and that of the world, because he wrote a lot of books on it, he said after he wrote a section in his books, or in a book uh, that was dealing with the false concepts of these people, uh, he said he would wash his mind with scripture and meditate on truth. Because, see, the thought is, if you know air, you won't stumble into it. But I love a scripture that Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Now, in my travel around the world and with uh, native cultures and all of this, in counseling these people, you do pick up uh, not, not by uh, my uh, curiosity, but pick up when they're struggling with some of the teachings or s that they have been following in that particular religion. And because I'm not have curiosity and curious to you know how do they worship their gods and all this stuff, God has protected me. And I'm able to um, lead these people to freedom from falseness but I don't study falseness when I go into a culture I've never been I don't read about the religion of that area because I know that I couldn't argue with them with their falseness I mean they grew up in it they know more about it than I could ever study about it but when they share something that's false with me I can counter it with God's truth then there's a choice. Am I going to believe what I've always believed or am I going to believe God's word? The truth that countered that falseness. And so I would encourage you to study the word of God. Study truth. And when you know truth and you've spent a lot of time in scripture and are walking as much as you know how as a spirit-filled believer, then when falseness comes, you can have a check immediately in your spirit. And you're going, there's something about that's not right. And ask the Spirit of God to reveal to you why that particular thing is not right. When... Um, when I got into spiritual warfare, I didn't know um, the different positions there even was in spiritual warfare, just as there is in many other teachings of Scripture. And I began to read books by different people that could maybe help me to uh, keep on track. But I would start reading a book and there were statements made that I knew were not biblical, that were not accurate, and um, that uh, there's no biblical basis for what they were saying, I would not read the rest of the book. Because you know, there's something not right, and I don't want to read more of this. A lot of it was emotional stuff, not biblical. Now, there's nothing wrong with the emotions. God made me that way. But I'm not going to base my theological 
stance on emotional issues that someone shared that they felt this and felt that. An instance I can think of, I can share this with you, was a man that called that realized there was something terrorizing his five-year-old son. Now, he didn't believe in spiritual warfare. He didn't believe that there were, you know, that the, you know, the demonic spirits, the fallen angels, um, wicked spirits, whatever you want to call them, were attacking his family until he was there one time when his son was under attack. Anyway, he asked me, what can we do? Uh, my son is bothered at different times in different places in the house. And I said, well, I would, and the son had nightmares, a lot of nightmares. And he said, since we moved into this townhouse, my son never smiles. He always looks kind of sad. And he said, maybe there's something to all this. And I said, well, there definitely is. Um, because he actually sees something he calls yucky Jesus. And he said, I don't know where he gets that. I said, I don't either. But when he says he sees yucky Jesus and he won't come to you because he's standing between you and him, believe he's seeing something because look at his face. He has fear in his face. So I said, take the son out of the house and uh, dedicate the property. Now, I know you don't own it, but you have jurisdiction because you're paying rent there. Dedicate the property and go through every room and command anything that's not of the Lord to leave. And God's power will be released and God will cleanse your home. And he thanked me. And then later on, he called me and he said, um, I need to ask you this. He said, we shared that we're going to take my little boy over to my mother-in-law's house. And, and she heard what we're going to do. She said, oh, what you got to do to get rid of spirits in your house is to put olive oil on all the windows, all the doors, you know, the sills and stuff, and on the walls. Well, you can imagine olive oil on your walls and on wallpaper. Ugh, be awful. And he said, do I have to do that? I said, no, olive oil does not remove demonic spirits from a home that Christ does. And so um, he went through the house and prayed through every room, dedicated the ground. And when his son came home, he smiled when he walked into the house for the first time because that oppressive spirit was not there. And he did not have any more night terrors. And so he called me and he was rejoicing about that. He said, something really happened. My boy is not under that influence anymore. And he says, you're making a believer out of me, Logan. Uh, not in the Lord, but believing that there is such a thing as a spirit world. Well, later on, he called me back and he said, Logan, you'll really like this. He says, you know, we live in a townhouse, and it's a duplex, two townhouses hooked together. And he said, one day I was outside and just said hi to the lady that lived in the other half. And she said, you know, something really strange happened. And he said, what was that? She said, well, my 16-year-old daughter said she would see like evil presence in, in shadows in the apartment. I never saw them, but she's 16 and she saw them and said, Mom, they're very real and they're just very, it's very spooky. 
And uh, she said, you know, they're gone. The daughter says, they're gone. They haven't come back. They're not here at all. And he said, when did they leave? Do you have any idea? She said, well, we tried to figure that out, but we think it was about this day. And it was the very day that he prayed through his half. And God cleaned out the whole thing, the other half too. And she said to him, do you know that a woman who uh, was an, uh, a medium and a cultist lived here before we did? And... Uh, she now moved out, but see, when she moved out, she left some of the evil spirits that she was trafficking with in the place that was going to both sides and affecting the children. Uh, when I was on a uh, reservation for our Native Americans, uh, a lady, a really godly lady, asked me a question. And after I was speaking about the power of God and all of that, and she said, well, what do you think about tobacco ties? Well, I had no idea, but I thought a tie made out of tobacco wouldn't be very practical. And she told me that, uh, have you seen hanging in our windows um, yarn with cut flannel, you know, like old pair of pajamas or a flannel shirt? These, this particular group of Native Americans puts tobacco in there. And they hang these things in the window. They also bury them outside of the house. And they do that to keep evil spirits out of the home. See, because that's what her mother did. Even though she was a believer, she didn't want evil spirits in the home. She didn't want her kids to see things and have nightmares and night terrors and all that stuff. So she was copying what her grandmother, who didn't know the Lord, always did and her mother did and so now she's a believer she was questioning is that really what I need to do to protect my home and then I shared no God is a protector dedicate the home uh, dedicate the ground dedicate the home to the Lord ask him to cleanse the home and then when people walk in they would not feel the presence of evil they feel the presence of Christ so you know are you doing things that have been handed down traditionally to deal with the enemy. They may not be biblical. Uh, we need to keep our focus on God and the power of God and his desire that we would live at peace. And when you're under attack of the enemy, I can tell you this, there is no peace. Bless you.